Welcome to the Voice of Business, the official podcast of the Chamber of Commerce Hawaii, brought to you by Ultras. I'm your host, Joe McGarry. Our guest today is Tim Mobley. He currently serves as the president of Connects to Global Solutions. He's over 20 years of progressive experience in general management, primarily in the healthcare field, including vice president and officer at Hawaii Pacific Health. Tim also has experience in broad general management and marketing roles in Silicon Valley technology firms. He began his career as an officer in the U.S. Army, first as a medical platoon leader in Light Infantry Battalion, then transitioning to military health administration. He graduated from the United States Military Academy at West Point, New York, where he studied economics and mechanical engineering. He earned the Distinguished Cadet Award during each of his four years there. He then earned a Master's in Business Administration from the Harvard Business School, also earning academic honours. I think I'm just going to stop there, actually, because most people who are listening are going to be a bit intimidated already. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, Tim. How are you? Very well, thank you. It's nice to see you. That's a really impressive bio. And what strikes me is that you have done a lot of things but you've done them to a super high level. Tell me a little bit about how you grew up. Where did you grow up? What kind of upbringing did you have? I grew up in rural Tennessee on a small farm. So my parents were both teachers, and they sort of had this hobby for 60 acres and cows and sheep and pigs and the whole deal. And I was you know, kind of the, the geeky kid who liked to read and think big things. And so one of the I think I was the only person from my high school who went to a, a college out of the state. As a child, do you think that the way you were brought up had a lot to do, I mean, being in that huge, you know, vast environment of nature and, you know, big sky and having time to dream and imagine. Do you think that's sort of what drove you to be, uh, to go as far as you could go? <laughs> Maybe, but... um I discovered that I, I really didn't like farm work. <laughs> <laughs> so you went as far as you could go away from it. Yes. That's <laughs> really funny. So let's talk a little bit about, I mean, obviously today we're here to talk about Connects Global Solutions, which you're the president of. Uh, first of all, describe it. Like, what is, what is your elevator pitch on Connects? So we help companies solve their staffing shortages with, with the aim of improving productivity growth. So um, I used to manage a business in Hawaii. We had about 200 employees, and we, we were constantly struggling to grow the business because we couldn't hire the people um, we needed to, to grow. And so I sort of came upon this idea of using people outside of the Hawaii geography. And it's, um, okay, there's, there's no magic in, in that idea, but everything it takes to make it happen and, and, and get integrated with the Hawaii business is sort of where we help our clients do. So there's probably never been a more timely moment to be talking about staffing solutions. It's a global issue. I mean, everywhere you go, everyone you talk to, uh, anyone who has a business, the first thing they'll tell you is, we just can't get staff. We can't get staff. You must be hearing that over and over and over. Yes. Yeah. We can't get staff or we can't get the people we want, right? The or quality we that we want. Or we can't get them to stay or... Is that something that, that you think was created by the pandemic or was that always a problem or, or a, a looming problem before 2020? 
Well, it's always been a challenge in Hawaii. Anyone who manages a business in Hawaii, it's been a f- familiar challenge for some time. And the, the pandemic exacerbated that um, for a number of reasons, which I think are sort of well-publicized and, and, and folks are well aware of. But it, you know, it, it, it poured fuel on that fire that was already burning. So what do you, what do you look for? When someone comes to you and says, okay, you do staffing, we need staffing, you're not putting bodies into their buildings. So presumably you have to really try and get an understanding of what they need. And sometimes people who run businesses don't even exactly know what they need, right? Where do you start and what are your kind of the points that you look for when you're talking to someone to to identify what they actually need? That's a that's a great question, and I, I think by the time that people um, sort of talk to me, they've they've had a little bit of they've thought about it a little bit, and they have some ideas, and we can kind of refine it. Um, but you know, our our staff is in the in the Philippines, almost everyone, and obviously obviously not here. So we help people understand how to think about doing their work differently. Like we work for a logistics company and they need um, drivers with CDL, commercial driver's licenses and movers and, and so forth. And we're obviously not going to do that, but they also have accounting and compliance and benefits and all of this other work that has to happen. And so I think it's figuring out where their um, the repetitive tasks are. It's, you know, it's repetitive office tasks and figuring out how to accomplish those within their constraints and environment. So really, it's it's like creating a path to sort of automating work that can be done easily by other people. And trusting other people to do it. I guess that's a huge part, right? Yes. Yes. That's, that is a, a huge part. So how does it work? Like, just like give us just a very simple, I think a lot of people ha- know that, you know, you can go online. You know, for example, there's, there's companies like Upwork where you can just go onto a website. You say, I need this done. And it's really job specific. Somebody will do a job for you. You'll pay them by the hour your chances of it being perfect are as good as your chances of having a nightmare experience. It's not a terribly reliable thing to do, and it isn't necessarily long-term. What are some of the differences in how you work at Connects Global Solutions? And, and the other challenge with something like, well, and Upwork can be fantastic, right? But the other challenge is building scale. So, um one of the things we re- really focus on is helping build teams that work together and cover for each other. And there's a manager and it becomes self-replicating. Um, I think that's an important part of the vision as opposed to just sort of one-off people to do, to do project tasks. If you think about getting a good business outcome, if, if, if you hire the right people, they work in the right processes, you train them well, and you manage them, you get good outcomes. So that's sort of our our, our mantra, right? And so we help um, from the beginning understanding sort of what, what the client's trying to accomplish and the type of person that's going to be successful. So there's this recruiting agency aspect, just like a... Um, you know, a headhunter would do. And, and so we sort of go through that process and figure out. And then once we onboard them, we work with the client to 
to make sure they get integrated into the processes and then they get trained. And then now once you have the right person doing the right things, they don't just magically keep doing that forever. So we kind of work with them to assess quality productivity utilization along the way to make sure they're, they're getting the outcomes they want. It seems to me that your business may have almost more opportunity right now in our current economic situation, simply because people are using Zoom, they're on the internet all day, they're used to suddenly talking to people through computers instead of setting up face-to-face meetings. Is that something that has made it slightly easier since 2020, just seeing people more educated about how efficiently they can work through a Zoom meeting, for example? I would I would express it just a little bit differently. They realize it's possible, mm-hmm. which is, I guess, the same thing, right? right? It's but not it, easier. It's possible. Yeah, it good point. It's possible, right? It's a mindset shift. So um, when, when I managed this, this dental group, you know, I had this idea and I said, you know, we're going to do this. So I went to the office manager. There's no way that anyone could possibly outside of our office help us. It won't work. We do all this. It just won't work. There's no way. And so I went to the next office manager and because I could, you can't force it on them, right? She said, okay, I'll try. And then she's like, oh my goodness, it's the best thing ever because all of a sudden this um, sort of complex task that didn't involve talking to patients was just in her eyes magically done every day. And she told all the other office managers, they said, I want a person like Brenda Hess, <laughs> right? So, so, so it, within this group that you were working with, someone whose who's part of their job was talking to people, but a lot of the job was behind the scenes doing the paperwork. We all know those jobs and those people. That part was taken over by your group. And almost like waking up in the morning, the work was already done, ready for the next day. Yes. This is a really big onion with a lot of layers, right? So there's many, many layers. And it's a this sort of outsourcing remote staffing is a you know, greater than a $100 billion industry. So there's a lot going on for a lot of people. But in, in that example, yes. So with remote staffing, can you be as small as you like and then as huge as you like? I mean, what are the limitations on it? If I'm a small company, is it going to work for me just as well as it can work for a large company? You know, I think, well, we're, we, we are willing to start with one person. Um, ideally, two, three, four is better. There's, so there's enough work that there's a scale to have two or three or four people. Um, and then probably up to a couple hundred. When you get above 500 people, it, it may make sense to start um, your own subsidiary. So the very large companies in the world frequently don't outsource they just have their own subsidiaries in philippines and india and wherever else and that's how they do the work right so at the very very high end maybe not a great fit and for the people who need someone to make business cards and they're going to be done in a week or a brochure or something also not a great fit because you go through this process of hiring a full-time person so you know more than one fte and less than a couple hundred would for most of us would it be safe to say that our our almost daily interaction with examples of remote working is when we're calling for something, like a lot of us right now are calling for reservations, trying to start travel plans again. Is that an example of remote work where you, or credit card companies, for example, you call up for a question on your credit card and you instantly know that you're talking to someone in India who really 
doesn't have any interest in you or helping you or really representing the company they work for very well. And it can become sort of dramatically disconcerting to be on those calls. Is that is that fair to say that is an example, one that we touch almost every day of remote work and it not working as well as it could? Absolutely. That's an example. And have you, have you ever called anyone? And I, I like to say, well, have you ever called anyone in, in Jacksonville or Omaha and had a bad experience? Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. Yes, absolutely. Right? It's, so, it's the same all over, I think. And did you hire the right people? Do they have good processes? Are they trained well? Are they managed? And so I think that there's this mindset that, oh, I had this bad experience in India. Therefore, this model can't work. And... Well, it, it, it kind of doesn't have that much to do with India, with how it or was managed the, the person. and how it was structured. Right. And, and so I would also, though, encourage folks to think of that's like an iceberg. And that's like kind of the what you see when your mortgage goes through a bank. Where is it processed? When there's a credit check run, who does it? When there's underwriting, where does it happen? When um, there's a, a title and escrow transaction, where, where does it happen? When there's a fraud alert, where does it come from? Like all this stuff that we don't see mm-hmm. um, for the, the big banks in the U.S., 12% of their staff are in Philippines and India. So That's a big number, 12%. 12, one out of nine for J.P. Morgan, Goldman Sachs. And it's almost like we wouldn't have any idea on that level. That's what, of course, makes remote working a a multi-billion dollar industry that most of us are unaware of. So, so obviously you're very different because you're, you're training people to become the people who really work for the companies who are hiring you. And that must make a huge difference because at first I would imagine you have to find out a lot about the company you're working with and then train the people as if they were right there in the office talking to people every day. Yes. And so the, and the clients have a, a, a big responsibility in the training. So we take, um, our reservations, for example. I, I mean, I've been to a show, but I don't, I don't know what to do when it rains and if someone wants a kosher meal and where the parking is. And so we really have to work closely with the client to, to provide this training and ongoing management and feedback in order to get the Aloha experience that the caller wants, the the, the guest, you know, the guest mm-hmm. caller wants. Yeah, that is so interesting, isn't it? Because there's a really fine line, isn't there, between, you know, doing it seamlessly and doing it very well. And then, as you say, it comes back to hiring the right people all the time. What are some of your biggest successes? Where Where do you feel like this works as well as anything we could possibly do? So I guess there's there's applications and then there's sort of clients and cultural fit that, that have to go together for the success. So um, we do a lot of sort of med- healthcare related tasks, medical billing. So the, these are kind of arcane things that <laughs> unless you're in the industry, you wouldn't know of, but eligibility verification and payment posting and pre-authorizations, all of those things are straightforward to get to get implemented. What's more challenging is what we sometimes call voice or real-time human interaction. Because if you call me and, you know, I want this or I have this complaint and I don't know what to do and I freeze up or you have a bad experience, it's, it's very memorable to you. And, and like your, your example that, that you brought up, if you go to the doctor 
and I'm sending in your claim, and I'm calling HMSA to find out why the doctor's office didn't get paid. You, as the, you never see it. Right. And so it's low risk. Thankfully. It's, it's low risk, um, and it's not real time. So there's a question, or, you know, I, I need to ask my manager or whatever. You're not sure. on the phone getting upset. Right. So um, accounting, billing, accounts payable, um, accounts receivable kind of work. Um, uh, we do property management tasks. All these kind of things like that are where I would say places to start. And then once you get comfortable with people working remotely, they're on your team, you know, the process you're working with, then we can try something that has this sort of real-time voice interaction. That's such a good place to start, though, because if you're a kind of middle-sized company or a medium-sized company wanting to grow and you realize that the paperwork is the thing that's really getting in your way. And property manager is a good example because there's just a ton of paperwork and charts and reconciliations and budgets. And that's all things that, things that can be done like in the middle of the night somewhere else so that when you come in in the morning to your office, you can fire up your computer and see, oh, yeah, that's all been done. That's really good. Yeah, it's sort of the possibilities are kind of limitless, aren't they, when you think about the things that yeah. you can do remotely. What what was it that really inspired you? I mean, we talked in the beginning about your career and all the different things that you've done so excellently. What was it about this, about remote working, and, and specifically about Connects Global Solutions that that inspires you and and still does and fires you up and makes you think this is really something I love? You know, somehow like people just have these things that they want to do, right? And so I'm I'm very sort of interested and inspired by business growth and helping business grow and clients grow and, and I like that. And so I, I enjoy um help and then helping like raising the standard of living for everyone, developing the economy. There's all of these benefits that come from increasing value of of business. You know, I just sort of figured out that this is one of the challenges that that exists and it was sort of in my niche as a, a manager of experience dealing with people in management um if you work in healthcare anywhere you have a lot of experience with paperwork so it's kind of a nice mesh and there was a need in hawaii and then it's sort of also within my um sort of grasp I'm not going to build an uh, auto manufacturing plant, right? <laughs> I, I mean, I just, no matter how excited I am about cars, I'm, I'm not right. going to build an auto plant. So, because uh, I don't have, I mean, you know, it takes a lot of expertise and capital to do something right. like this, right? So, it's kind of within my alignment of um, desires cap and capabilities. And pretty much everything you've done before. I'm a great believer in people who are regular listeners to the podcast. I apologize if I'm saying this for the hundredth time, but I really believe that everything we do leads us on a path to where we are right now. And I think someone like you, your background gives us a really good insight into that, that if you do things well, you will be led to where you're supposed to be. And if for local companies to connect you, obviously at the end of the podcast, if you go to uh, the website, you're going to find out more information about Tim and his company. But What's the best way for people to reach out to you for an initial conversation? Just give you guys a call, send you an email. Give us a call, send us an email. There's a chat function on our website. It's uh, connect, C-O-N-N-E-X-T dot solutions. And is that serviced by a remote person? <laughs> I'm I'm kidding. I'm teasing. <laughs> well, it's on the web, right? So every, so the, the so actually the, the guy that the guy that will respond is in Hawaii. He's in Manoa right now. There you go. But um, yeah. 
Good. Thank but it was you. built by remote people. There you go. Um, it, it's so interesting to have this little insight into Connect's global solutions. Um, I do think that these kind of things are just so timely and the world is changing at such a rapid pace right now, especially with our attitudes toward business and the fact that the world seems to be getting smaller and that global solutions are really needed because we all seem to have the same kind of wants and needs and issues. Um, it's really fascinating. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Tim Mobley is the president of Connect Global Solutions. You've been listening to The Voice of Business, the official podcast of the Chamber of Commerce Hawaii, brought to you by Altruis. I'm Joe McGarry. Join us next time for more conversations with the voices of business.